Dog training isn't about getting your dog to do what you want. It's about learning how to communicate better with your pet. We've got one of our own dog trainers, Ben Olson, on the podcast today to talk to us all about it. That and more this week on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Dave Shapiro. And I'm Sierra Howe, and we are recording from the fishbowl here at Pet Resource Center. We're a nonprofit organization who works really, really hard to keep pets and people together. Yep. And one of the things that we've got going on that is going to help keep pets and people together is our first Friday and Super, Super Saturday, Saturday event. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> um, so what this is, is basically every month we're going to have a special on the first Friday and the, the following Saturday, Super Saturday. Um, and that special will be $35 full set of vaccinations for dogs, 25 set of, uh, full vaccinations for cats, $10 vaccinations for puppies or kittens, $10 add on microchips, a very nice, very important thing to do. Um, that's going to be from nine to noon this month will be on May 7th and May 8th. Um, we're very excited for it. We usually have, uh, extra supplies and treats and things on hand. So if people need anything, we can, you know, help them out. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a good time. We have a good time here. And we normally see over a hundred pets in a span of three to four hours. Yeah. And you don't uh, have to get out of your car, friends. Nope. Stay in that car. We'll come to you. Alrighty. Hope to see you. Yeah, please. Let's do some pet news. It's actually my last day too before I go on maternity leave. Oh, it's let's first talk Friday. About this. Yeah. So come see me. Yeah, I'd come love see to Sierra. See <laughs> She's going to be on maternity leave here for um, a few weeks. A few weeks is eight weeks. Eight weeks. Two. It doesn't. It hurts too much to say <laughs> eight weeks. <laughs> no turning back. No turning back. But um, I'll be back. Yeah, she'll be back, and we wish her, obviously, uh, all the best. Um, it may be me by myself after this episode, or maybe me and, and Scott. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm going to miss you guys, for oh, sure. Oh, we're going to miss you, too. Let's uh, let's do some pet news. All righty. So first up, despite 2020 being a banner year for pets during quarantine, there was actually a 17% drop in the number of pets adopted from shelters. The reason? There weren't enough rescues to go around. While it might seem like this is a good thing that demand was outpacing supply in terms of rescue pets, the truth is that those folks who were waiting on lists or simply couldn't find an animal at the shelter turned to other ways of getting a pet, like breeders or online marketplaces. Um, In addition, 23% fewer pet owners relinquished their pets in 2020, contributing to the lack of pets in shelters. We always prefer that folks rescue or adopt from a shelter. Now... It's just a little bit, it's a complicated story because Mm -hmm. um, while there are a lot of reputable breeders, there are a lot of people who just breed dogs and sell them online in marketplaces and those pets are not necessarily taken care of the way that they should be. Yeah. And um, we want to make sure that, you know, if people are going online that you're at least, um, vetting the people that you're getting pets from kind of see the situation that the pet was raised in and make sure that everything's on the up and up. Uh, Cause there are a lot of kind of inscrutable, not very nice people that are, exist in those spaces who, who like to prey on and take advantage of unsuspecting people with very good hearts. Yeah. Normally if they refuse to let you see the conditions, that's a red flag because that means they're probably not, ideal for any 
pet. Yeah, that's generally the case. If they won't let you see where the pet was raised, then then generally you you should probably opt out. Yeah, but I think the 23% fewer pet owners relinquished their pets in 2020 is pretty interesting. It really shows like just how much people need their pets. Like 2020 was a rough year. It was a rough year. People and did so, I think, everything they could to hang on to their pets. I mean, I imagine just like myself, everyone was leaning on their pets to kind of get them through the year. And I'm, the next step, we know there's a lot of little dogs who think they're big dogs, but we may have found the biggest little dogs ever. Pasadena resident Dee Dee Mueller was napping when she was awakened by her two little terriers, Squirt and May May, barking like there was no tomorrow. It turns out that a brown bear had gotten into their house, but thanks to the protective actions of the two terriers, the bear hightailed it out of there, even urinating submissively as it left. This isn't the first time Squirt and May May have had run-ins with bears who seem to frequent the area around the Mueller's home. So, crazy. Yeah. It's honestly insane to watch those two little barking little dogs <sighs> chase that bear out of the house. I could have used them whenever I was in Colorado. We went hiking first time ever mm-hmm. and was within like 100 feet of a, a brown bear yeah. or black bear. I don't know. Same family, hopefully. <laughs> Big bear with but claws. I've heard that they're definitely more scared of you than you are of them. Right. And it, so it makes sense why. It would be like, oh, <laughs> yep, nope. just coming around trying to find a snack and getting yelled at by a couple of little dogs. <laughs> Good for them, though. Yeah. Honestly. But they really do. It does seem like the uh, the, the bears frequent that area. She, the, the owner of the home has a whole playlist of just various videos of bears wandering through the yard. I couldn't do that. That's that gives me too much anxiety. Yeah, it gives me a lot of anxiety, especially knowing that you could just be napping in the other room and then one just yeah. comes in your house. No or, or like, what if worst case scenario, these dogs obviously wouldn't let it happen. But like, what if a bear snatched them up? I would just yeah, no. I don't even think about it. Yeah, they're not going to let that happen though. No, definitely they're- not. They're tough. <laughs> they're super tough. I want to uh, meet them. Um, why don't we go talk to Ben? Alrighty. There's more to dog training than just teaching your pet how to sit or stay. It's about developing mutual trust and a line of communication that goes both ways, which in the end keeps them in your home rather than at the shelter. We have PRC's puppy training instructor, Ben Olson on the show today to talk about exactly how training helps keep pets and people together. Hello, Ben. Welcome to Pet Resource Radio. Hello, hello. So let's start off with why someone should consider training their dog. Well, it it shouldn't be stressful to have a dog. It should actually be like fun. So (laughs) our training classes help kind of bring that fun out of the the puppy uh, behaviors that we're not so excited about. (laughs) Yeah. And so what got you interested in animal behavior and training in the first place? Oh, gosh. Um, In middle school, I was a volunteer at the zoo in my hometown, and I really was interested in training. I started training, like, goats and llamas and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, and then I did 4-H, and I did dog training for that. And then I um, went to college, and I majored in animal science, so I did animal behavior in that. And then I did dog training at Petco for six years, and then I've worked at two other zoos. So 
I have lots of experience <laughs> with animal behavior and training. So that's kind of, it started many, many years ago when I was a small child. <laughs> and how long have you been involved with the classes at PRC? I volunteered with Mary on Saturdays for our, the, her class uh, for about a year. And then I've been training my own class here for about six months now. So I've been awesome. total about a year and a half. And so could you give us a rundown of what the five-week training session looks like and what types of skills owners and their pets will learn? Sure. So the puppy class, we do a little bit of socialization, and then we also do just basic training. So sit, stay, uh, roll over, like basic things, look. So we want the dog to look at us when we say that command so that You don't they, think of that, yeah. So that they can focus, especially when there are lots of distractions. That's what we're really working on is just the baseline of behavior so that your dog knows that when you say its name, it's to look at you. Um, because a lot of people say their pet's name a dozen times and then the dog will look at them. So we do a lot of like calling out the owners on those little things that they don't necessarily catch at home. So, uh, but it's mostly practicing. They got to go home and practice these behaviors they that I'm homework. teaching them. They do every <laughs> week. So the five weeks is really good, but that one hour a week by the 20 minute mark, puppies are kind of bored and over it. So mm-hmm. the owners have to listen to me and take home what I tell them. So hopefully they can practice, practice, practice. Yeah. And so how are these skills useful or helpful in keeping pets off the streets, out of shelters, and instead in homes with the people who love them? Right. So a lot of behaviors that like you don't like, so barking, jumping, those things we can definitely fix, Um, especially as a puppy. They're super easy to fix those types of things. Those are things that end up putting a pet in a shelter, right? The puppy jumps mm-hmm. up on an older family member, hurts them, knocks them down, potentially breaks a hip. Yeah. That that could send them to a shelter. So like 80, 90% of pets in shelters are there because of a behavioral issue, barking, growling, which not always means that they're aggressive. So mm-hmm. um, in the class, we just work on that basic training and just really building that relationship with the pet and the owner so that they can go home and practice those things. And in real world situations, like a dog park type of place where you can recall your pet to you. Um, That doesn't happen right away, but with lots of practice, we can get you there. And so would you say it's better to teach them sooner rather than later? Yeah. The old adage, like you can't teach an old dog new tricks is completely farcical. Like you can teach any dog if you're a good trainer. So, (laughs) and they're motivated by something, (laughs) right? So we, we need a motivator, food, a toy, your attention, petting them, talking to them in a baby voice. People think I'm a lunatic because I always sound like a crazy person when I'm doing dog training because I'm, (laughs) my voice goes very high and I squeal and am excited, but everyone's pet listens to me. So. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, and so bigger picture, how does developing a common language with your pet strengthen the bond that you have with them? I think it just helps make the pet realize that you're in charge and not necessarily that like you're the boss, but like you're going to take care of every situation. So a lot of times we have a pet that's barking at strangers or barking at other dogs that sometimes is just a misplaced like excitement. They're not actually being aggressive, but the owner misreads that. So we teach a lot of body language like cues and just being able to tell your pet like, I got this. Like, you don't have to worry about that stranger. Like, I'm going to handle any situation that we're in, and you don't have to stress about it. Because a lot of pets are very dominant, and they want to be in charge, and they want to protect you. We got, we just, yeah, we just (laughs) got to help teach them, like, that you're the one that's in control of every situation, and that they don't have to worry about it. And so I think we do a really good job at, like, easing the owner's mind, especially when you have a pet that's barking or that 
sounds like it potentially is aggressive, like we can look at the body language and how it's interacting with other pets in our class and kind of explain those things to them. So it kind of helps make you more aware of what's going on, especially in the real world situations when you're out in public, not like in our sterile class environment, you know? So I think that helps. And what does it feel like as the trainer to see that progression from first session to last session and how that bond has kind of transformed. It has to feel good, right? It's really good. We had a a client in uh, one of the adult classes that I was just assisting with last year, um, like pre-COVID even. So maybe like to you. Gosh, oh, I don't know how long ago that crazy? was. Right. Yeah. A long time ago. Anyway, <laughs> and the lady was going to get kicked out of her apartment because the dog was aggressive, as they claimed. I put air quotes up. You didn't see that radio. Uh, I put air <laughs> quotes up. Uh, and so the dog was not aggressive. The dog was territorial and protective of the owner. And so we just helped her like get more control of the dog. She had a walker, so she couldn't, the dog was would pull her down and stuff. So we just really worked on basic training. And the, the end of the class, the lady was like, in tears, like thanking us, like that is the yeah. stuff that we're here for. We really want to help, and we really want that bond between your pet and you to be strong. And and just seeing that by the fifth week of class, which isn't a long time, really, if you think about it, like we're five hours in five weeks, and you're already seeing that progression. And it's because she went home and practiced, and she really put in the effort because she was going to get evicted if she did it. So it's just it's amazing to see that change from the first week to the fifth week, and not just the owner, not just the pets, but in the owners and their confidence because they do get more confident just in real world situations being able to be like we got this we got this oh yeah I many times tell people to take a deep breath in my classes and if you think about it like the the other outcome that that pet possibly could have had. Right. If that dog if had bitten did. the neighbor or if that dog had pulled down the owner and broke her hip, mm-hmm. like it, it's, it would have been in a shelter pretty quickly. And she yeah. didn't want to do that. And we were lucky enough to get that opportunity to help her not have to do that. Look at you keeping pets and people together. That's the goal, <laughs> isn't it? And so what are the benefits of attending a training class in person rather than, say, reading or watching a video sure. I, I mean, I think you can learn a lot from online and from books, um, but seeing it in real life, seeing the, a trainer who's done this for, oh, let's see, like 10 years, I think that's how long I've been training dogs. <laughs> so I can train a tiger to show me his mouth and look at his tongue. Like we can get I your, see that. we can get your dog to like, let you clip its toenails. I promise. Like it's a real goal at the end of our class to have you being able to like touch their ear and look in their mouth and pick up their paws so that they're not scared of a nail trim because they shouldn't be scared of a nail trim and nail trim isn't scary. I promise. So hey dog, you should come to my house. <laughs> I have lots of in-house fit training <laughs> tips for you. And then it's also important to remember that every pet's different. Oh, absolutely. Every pet is different when they come into that class. So when you're there, you can ask the questions you need to versus the internet telling you this is how your pet should act. Right. And seeing seeing how your dog interacts with other dogs in more of a controlled environment. Instead of going to the dog park and not knowing any of those Mm -hmm. pets there, like I... I'll let one dog off a leash at a time. So I don't let all five, six pets off their leash and let them play. I'll let the most timid pet off the leash first. And then that pet will kind of wander around and sniff out what it wants to sniff out. And then we'll let out like the next one. So we get to see body language and I can explain that to the owners instead of it just being like a mad dash at the dog park or like you've never 
seen any dogs playing together and they're they're growling and barking and biting each other. But that's puppy play behavior. They love to bite and bark and make weird noises. So as long as the other body language is good, uh, we know that they're not being like aggressive. So I yeah, think that helps being in person. They get that extra socialization with other pets as long as they're vaccinated, but also with people too. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. I like to kind of switch off and like if your pet listens to you, that's great. But will your pet listen to Someone else's, else. oh, like, yeah, some other pet's owner. Well, they listen to them. So we do like to practice with different people and just getting them really, really solid on those basic behaviors. And so what are some of the downsides of not training your pet? I mean, I think we've already talked about yeah. ending up ending <laughs> up in a shelter. Ones. Yeah, I mean, ending I up guess. in a shelter, behavioral problems. We all know, like, the separation anxiety, um, pulling on the leash, jumping, barking, all those things that are annoying to us that we want to fix, but then we get frustrated and then potentially accidentally reward those behaviors. That's a big thing that I point out because a lot of dogs bark and then the owner will yell at the dog. Well, the dog thinks that you're barking at whatever they're barking at. So we need to realize that and start thinking like the dog. So there are lots of behaviors that we can help with. Does it have an effect on their quality of life? Like say if they do have those issues that can be corrected, but instead they're spending their time in a kennel or outside or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, the quality of life is definitely like a struggle if the pet is like not so, like if you can't socialize it or if you can't take it out in public without it pulling on the leash or barking and stuff like that. Like I've seen people at the farmer's market with their pet that should be at home and not at the farmer's market. And so it definitely stresses out the owner. It stresses out the pet. It stresses out other people's pets. It stresses out other people. So I think the quality of life definitely is affected if you're not training your pet. For and sure. you're just able to enjoy your time with your pet. Right. Exactly. And vice versa when they listen. Yes. And you listen to them. I mean, they don't always listen, but it's that nice. Is true. <laughs> it's nice to know that when you say something, they know what you're talking about. And then they, you can be they like, have oh, the option right. to listen. I know you're not listening to me because you know this behavior. <laughs> and so how have the classes changed since the onset of COVID? Sure. So we're limiting our class size. Um, we're also limiting how many people can come with each pet. We're only letting one person come, um, which is a little tough because I like to see the family. I like to have everyone that's going to be interacting with the pet. Um, so it's a lot more on the person that's coming to class to take those things home and train their family and their friends that come to their house on how to do the stuff that we're teaching in class. So that's been a little bit of a difference. Um, but for the most part, we're teaching the same stuff. We're doing the same one-hour, five-week session. So Cool. And they're inside the building, right? Yep. We're doing them inside the building. We just ask that everybody wears a mask. And then if it's nice outside, I do have a couple long leashes. We're going out and doing some like recall behaviors because if your pet gets off leash and is running around the neighborhood, you are not going to be more exciting than a squirrel. Um, It's just (laughs) fact of the matter. So we need to get you more exciting than the squirrel. That's our goal when we're doing that recall. And lastly, what are the requirements for enrolling in the any of the training classes. Sure. Dogs for puppy class need to be between three and six months old and current on vaccinations. And for the adult dog class, we just ask that they are current on vaccinations and that they've been spayed or neutered. Cool. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Well, thank you, Ben. No problem. The work you do in here at PRC KC and the training classes, it's really amazing to watch. So. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The week this episode drops is National Pet Week, so we thought we'd talk about some of the benefits of owning a pet, so when you, pet owner, meet someone who is a non-pet owner and they ask, so what do you get out of this? You'll have a list of answers at the ready. 
The benefits start pretty much right away. Kids exposed to indoor pets within the first year of life are much less likely to be allergic to that animal as they get older. Dogs in the home make it less likely for kids to get eczema, and kids who live with dogs tend to have a slightly more activated immune system as they get more exposure to dirt and allergens that dogs bring in from being outside. Now, for dog owners, there tend to be a lot of social benefits. Dog parks, training classes, pet-friendly businesses, these are all places dog owners congregate and meet each other. For elderly dog owners who may be mostly homebound, uh, this isn't just an opportunity for their pet to socialize, but for them as well. Social connections are what keep us going. And pet ownership provides us a lot of health benefits as well. Studies show that pet owners have lower blood pressure and cholesterol than those who don't, and dogs in particular reduce their risk of a heart attack. The animal-human bond is a fantastic thing. That's why we focus on it here at PRCKC. We've seen lives changed and turned around, people literally overcoming physical difficulties because they know their pet is depending on them. Our friend Robin, who we've spoken about before, was having difficulty recovering from a stroke, discovered a big energetic dog digging in his trash, took him in, and his recovery speed increased exponentially because instead of just sitting around all day until physical therapy, he had someone depending on him, someone who cared for him, waiting. So this National Pet Week, do something a little extra nice for your pets. After all, even if they are just lounging on the couch, they are working hard for you. And now we say goodbye to you, friends. My last, good, well, not last. For now. Just temporary. But big thanks to Ben Olson for being on the podcast today. If you're interested in signing up for our training classes, please give us a call. Our phone number is 816-353-0940. Beyond that, we're a nonprofit trying to keep pets and people together, and you can help. Just head to prckc.org, and you can donate, volunteer, shop our new online store, and more. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting app, rate us and leave us a review. Pretty please. That always helps new folks find us. And go ahead and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for all the latest news. We're at PRR Podcast on both platforms. And so until next time, tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as the humorous James Thurber wrote, the dog has got more fun out of the man than the man has got out of the dog for the clearly demonstrable reason that the man is the more laughable of the two animals. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, hosted by Sierra Howe and myself, David Shapiro, produced and written by Sierra Howe and David Shapiro, recorded, edited, and mixed by David Shapiro, music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, a.k.a. me, more info at soundcloud.com slash Hazel Raw Musical Industries. Music.